rediscovering of genuine wealth. Praise the Lord. I'm going to start with this and uh, I'm definitely going to continue with this maybe next week or maybe the other week as the case may be depending on the way uh, the Lord will enable me to go. It's very important as we step into this new season, you've had so much prophecies come upon you in the past years and just like we're saying this morning, we must come to the place of unnessing those prophecies. But again, you need to come to the place of understanding of what wealth really means, what blessing really means in the light of what I'm about to share so that you too can truly understand that you are a wealthy person, but you may not know that you are as wealthy as God has ordained you to be. Hallelujah. Now, there is something I want you to understand this morning. It takes wealth to produce wealth. Just like it takes death to produce life. It takes wealth to produce wealth. Now let me explain what I mean, death to produce life. It took the death of Jesus to give us life. So death conquered death. We already died, he died so that life can come out. It takes wealth to produce wealth. Is that all right? Now understand it from another perspective. The Bible says, God gave wisdom to the wise. Wisdom is not given to fools. Why? Because fools can't handle wisdom. Now, genuine wealth, or just like I said, wealth, it takes wealth to produce wealth. In other words, it is what you have that enables you to produce what you want. There is no man that is wealthy today on the face of the earth without first having wealth. That's going to surprise you, but just follow what I'm about to say. You understand very soon. Hallelujah. So first of all, know that it takes wealth to produce wealth. Somebody will say, but I don't have anything. So how can I make wealth? How can I produce wealth? You just understand something as we progress. Now, another statement I want to make as I start off is where we spend our money discloses our true values and what we hold to be important. Where we spend our money discloses our true values and what we hold to be important. In other words, how you spend your money determines what you feel is important to you in life. Does that make sense to you? In other words, we can know the state of your heart and the values you have Based on how you spend your money. For instance, if you are somebody who spends money on clothes, we would just definitely know. Because every other area will suffer in your life, but clothing will not suffer. Does that make sense? Good. If you are somebody who lost food, every other aspect of your life will suffer. But there will always be a abundance of food in your kitchen. So, where you spend your money discloses your true values and what we hold to be what? Important. Write it down. This will also guide you that tomorrow when money comes to your hand, you'll be able to know what is the value in your heart. 
If it's a wrong value, you will know. Because the way your money flows will tell you this is your value. Okay. Maybe you want to get a simple scripture on that. If you look at the book of Mark chapter 15, you may not need to put it on the board. If you can, you can. Mark 15, if you look at the story of Joseph Arimathea, remember that? And the Bible says, I'll read from verse 33, Joseph Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. Now watch this. He was a counselor. In fact, he was renowned. He had wealth, if you want to put it that way. Because he could provide for his own grave. He bought his own grave. He, he, he got it prepared, clean one, as against his death before Jesus died. But there is something that was driving him. He was waiting for the kingdom of God. Are you still there with me? He gave out the grave because of the value he has for what? God's kingdom. So you can determine the heart of Joseph because of what he did. So where you spend your word tells you the state of your heart and what you value. Is that making sense? Okay. So it's important you understand because this is going to help you out in checking some excesses in your life. You know the primary thing that should be in your heart is God. Am I right somebody? Good. We read the proverb this morning, Proverb 3, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first food of thy increase. The key to you honoring God is first placing value in God. So the Bible says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and every other thing. Is that okay? Fine. The primary thing is God. Now, how do we know that God is, is, is the place of value in your heart is when you respond towards the issue of honoring him with your substance. Did you get that? Hallelujah. Okay. Don't you forget. I'm talking of rediscovering of genuine wealth. Is that okay? Okay. Now I want to read three scriptures and then I'll begin to talk. You turn to the book of Psalm 112. Psalm 102. And the Bible says, verse 1 to 3. Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man, or blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandment. Verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Are we together? And his righteousness endure it forever. Now verse 3 is the key thing. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. So, wealth is connected to a family relationship. Did you get this? I want to take my time and what I'm sharing with you. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endured forever. His righteousness is not directly connected to his own righteousness. Because he's a man that God has blessed. His righteousness has to do with his life in Christ endured forever. In other words, the wealth is heaven. The riches cannot turn him away from his righteousness. 
Are you still there? The weight and the riches of the one that God has blessed cannot turn him and his family away from the true righteousness, which is Christ. Okay. But that is not the thing I'm dealing with. I just want you to see that word is connected to a family circle. Hallelujah. Now you can also see that there's, there is a difference between weight and riches. Is that okay? Come on, is it there? All right. Now can I tell you that it takes wealth to produce wealth and it takes wealth to produce riches? Okay. <laughs> just go ahead. I said I'm reading just three scriptures. I don't want to speak on them. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse number 18. You know that very well. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. Bible says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is that he giveth thee power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he has sworn unto thy fathers as it is this day. Gave you power to get wealth. Now I want you to know that very well. Power to get wealth. <laughs> if I may begin to let you see from this scripture. Power enables you to get. What is power? Power is not something you see. Amen. Power is not necessarily something you see. Can you see power? No, but there's a force. Is that okay? Yet, it is productive. So it takes power to get wealth. Now that power alone, as we're going to progress, is wealth itself. Because without that wealth of power, you can get wealth. Did you get this? Now I'm going to make you see what the power is all about as we progress. So just follow me. And that's your enable you know. Thank you Jesus. Listen to me. If you are poor, don't blame God. He's already giving you power. He's already giving you wealth. You are supposed to produce wealth because you are wealthy on your inside. What you do with the wealth on your inside determines what you're going to experience in terms of wealth and riches. Okay, let's make progress on this. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. And I'm going to go into some little bit of nations, some, some historical analysis of well, the particular nation that I've been very much interested in. In Luke 15, verse number 11, the Bible says, you know the story of the prodigal son, and the Bible says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger man of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. Verse 13. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. And I want you to know the word substance. Substance the same thing as word. Okay? And when he has spent all... There was, I mean, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent unto his field to feed swine. Is that okay? He wasted his substance. Okay, just go on. Like I said, I don't want to speak too much on these things yet. Go to Proverbs 29, verse 3. He wasted his substance. So, what is substance? Proverbs 29 verse 3. Whoso loveth wisdom rejoices his father. 
But he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. Can you get that? Now the word substance is the word wealth. So the prodigal son wasted his wealth. Are you still there? Okay. Now I'm not dealing with the company that he wasted it with, but in case you will understand as we progress, I'll make you see one or two things along this line. Hallelujah. Now I want to make reference to this in terms of what I said about GDPA and GNP or GDP and GNP. Uh, in relation to nations, for instance, you talk about gross domestic product to be that which relates to the economy of a nation. Is that okay? Now, in other words, you can say the GDP of a nation is rising, meaning the economy is becoming strong. Now, that is human measurement because if you look at it on the other side, the GNP, which is the gross natural product, should actually be considered and taken into consideration before you talk of GDP. Why? Because there are negative things that comes out of the gross national product. We in this country, for instance, we have our GNP that we produce that also affects the GDP. Now, let me stay a little bit on the GDP in this first section. But let me give a simple illustration on this. For instance, Ethiopia. I love Ethiopia because it's so much in the Bible. Ethiopia, you know, is the second largest or the, uh, the second biggest hydropower potential as far as the Horn of East Africa is concerned because the River Nile passes through there. So they produce electricity. You know, they have about 85%, you know, of the total Nile flowing through that. And so they have rich uh, soils, fertile grounds, and all of that. But you see, in, in the 80s, Ethiopia went through a terrible time of famine. In other words, there was terrible hunger. How many of you know people were dying in Ethiopia? But they have this fertile soil that can produce crops for the citizens. So, what led to the hunger? Now, the hunger, basically, you can trace to the intrigues in the government and the system of governance. Right? Are you there with me? All right, so you find that if, for instance, the GDP, which is the gross domestic product of Ethiopia, were to be rising, the after effect of the wars and the intrigue is the GNP. Because it is still the nation that produced the famine through wars, rebellion, and political intrigues. Are you getting that? So it's a national product. Did you get it now? So this is gross national product that has to do with what the nation produces that eventually affects the GDP. So even if the GDP is high and there are problems, you can say such country is wealthy. Does it make sense? You can say a country is wealthy when there are troubles, there are robberies, there are killings. Even if the GDP is up, the GNP cancels that. 
Because don't you forget, now I think I'm going to speak more of this when I get to part two. What we read in Psalm 112 says, wealth and riches are supposed to be in a family. Now, if there are killings and robbing a family, and such a nation is saying the GDP is rising, it's contrary. Because the GNP, which has to do with robbing and killing, cancelled out what is going on on the national economy level. Okay, so some of you say, well, this one is a different thing today, but just hold on with me. Is that okay? You will soon understand what I'm saying. Because even in your own life, you have your GDP, you have your GNP. Do you understand what I'm saying? The problem you create after God has blessed you comes into your GNP. You may have all the resources in the world, but your GNP cancels out your joy and your peace. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So if you really want to define the GDP of a nation, you subtract the GNP of that economic system and you can tell me whether that country is worthy or not. Hallelujah. So, like I was thinking about that in the 80s, there was so much um, famine in that country because of geopolitical and civil wars, returned the death of thousands of hundreds of people. Now, slowly, however, the country has begun to recover like a fine. And today, Ethiopia has the biggest economy by GDP in East Africa. That's an interesting thing. GDP in Africa. It has the highest growth domestic product in East Africa centrally. And um, the economy is really doing very well. But now, there is something you also need to understand. If you really want to think about East Africa, it's like a regional powerhouse today. The East Africa section. Ethiopia is very powerful. Uh, their president, Meles Zenawali, is doing some good work, but he also is a dictator. Okay, and even now there are intrigues and troubles going on in Ethiopia. So even though the GDP is rising and one of the best economies you can find right now in Africa, the GNP does not allow the people to enjoy the GDP. Are you still there with me? The simplest way you can find this when I'm talking about this, somebody is worthy and he's sick, he can enjoy his money. Does it make sense? The sickness is what? The GMP. Only if it's not the one that cost it. That's the difference now. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, let's make progress. Interestingly, we'll find out uh, the days of the best season, one of the strongest moments of Ethiopia as a nation was when Hercules was the emperor. And all of them went through, as at that time, they were all going through a section of kingship, emperorship, right? It was not in terms of political settings. It was not democratic. I'm saying this in relation to part of what I was sharing with you last week. Amen. In the place of the power of the words of a king. Is that all right? When Hercelesi was in power in Ethiopia, there was naturally a cohesion and things were going well. It more or less was 
the last emperor because Mengistu Haile Marian, when he came into power through communism, joined up with the Lenin factors and they came with communism, they plotted a coup and then they dethroned him. And then Lenin and all of those uh, manifestos of communism came into Ethiopia. You know what it means. They came in People's Democratic Republic of Ethiopia. But then he could not provide what it was. The very peace that was needed was not there because it was one government that was controlling all the people. I remember in Tanzania also when Iyerere, remember that, as at this same time with Mahengi Sumeri and things like that, Iyerere also went in and brought in communism into Tanzania. And you know, if you watch what happened, listen, in Tanzania, as in time of Iyerere, if you have to buy a car, two of you will team up to buy the car. Because if you buy a car for yourself, you have to explain to the government how you got the money to buy the car. Because the government has to give you everything. In fact, the government told them you don't need to travel overseas because there's nothing special in overseas. If there is anything you need to see in overseas, it's already in Nairobi in Kenya, which is your neighboring state. All of you speak the same Kiswahili. You go to Nairobi and then get into the lift and climb up to the top of the building. You come down, you've gone to overseas. So the overseas was to go to Nairobi, enter the lift and come down, and they go back to Tanzania. The guys were terribly impoverished through communism. Are you following what I'm talking about now? Now I'm just trying to give you these simple illustrations. Then let's get down to the issue now. So what exactly is words? Amen? That relates to the gross domestic product. What is words? Now, it's amazing that the founder or the father of accounting, for instance, Lucasiasioli, what is this name? Lucasioli uh, is his name. He was a Franciscan monk in about uh, the 16th century, precisely 1843. He is said to be the founder of accounting. And even a good mathematician. But yet, he has no one single definition for wealth, neither than for profit. Hallelujah. No single definition for wealth, neither that for profit. He could not define those two things. But he is said to be the founding father of accounting as a principle to determine. The economic well-being of a nation. Because everything we talk about in terms of GDP is directly connected to accounting. Am I right? Balancing your checks and balances. How much comes into a nation? Okay, yeah. The accountant is talking to me. How much you come to a nation and how much, you know, you understand that? All right. So it's like saying your income is rising higher and then it's not income is coming down. Everything has to do with accounting. All right. Now we are saying the man that came up with accounting as a principle to determine all of this do not have a single word definition for the word word. Now that leaves this open for us to begin to define. So in our own natural thinking, we think word has to do with how much properties you have. Did you get that? Because no one has been able to define it for us. In other words, therefore it is free. So everybody comes in and says, well, this man is a wealthy man because he has resources, naturally speaking. But just like I was trying to say, the GNP, nobody thinks about that. Okay, let's make progress. Hallelujah. 
So, to this day, I'm made to understand from research that accountants do not have a clear definition of wealth. Am I correct? <laughs> accountants today do not have a clear definition of wealth. Up to now. They don't seem so still have it. Okay. But then, I would like you to see something. Because they don't have a clear definition of wealth, it also means they don't have a clear understanding of how to either define or measure or count genuinely what wealth you be. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm talking about? You can't, you see, if you can't define a thing, how can you determine how that thing works? Since they don't have a clear single definition of wealth, they cannot also be able to determine what wealth really is in a nation. Because they can't define it. What you don't define, what you can't define, you have no understanding about. Am I right? Okay. Let's make progress. Now, like I said before, most of us associate wealth with money. Our savings, our investments, our homes, other forms of financial capital that you can see. But let's understand something. The word wealth actually comes from two old English words. Well, you can write it on the board. W-E-A-L. Then TH. Well. The word well, W-E-A-L, is from the word well-being. Are you there with me? Well-being. Then the TH in word means condition. Those two English words. Well. W-E-A-L. Well-being. TH. Condition. Hmm? Are you there? So if we take these two words together, what would simply means what is the condition of a well-being? Is it making sense? The condition of what? A well-being. That is the meaning of the word wealth. And that is why you can see the analysis I'm trying to give in relation to GDP and GNP. If the GDP is high and the GNP is frustrating the people who are supposed to experience or enjoy the GDP, such a nation cannot be said to be wealthy. Are we together? Because there is no well-being. The condition of peace and joy is eluding such a nation. So no matter how much that country seems to have, it cannot be said to be doing well in the GDP. Understand what I'm saying? Very soon you will catch this. Hallelujah. Are we still together now? Okay. Even the word economics, for instance, comes from the Greek word oikonomia. And oikonomia means the management of the household. So if you take wealth and economics together, you simply have one thing. The well-being, the condition of a well-being of a household. Can I hear an amen to that? Are you following what I'm saying? The condition of the well-being of what? A household. In other words, we're talking about ability to manage a household. And when we're talking about managing a household, not just having money in your pocket. 
You may probably have money in your pocket, but everybody in the house is crazy. Huh? In such a situation, you are not wealthy. You see, now you can understand what God says in this world. The blessings of the Lord, he has no sorrow. By implication, if the Lord blesses you and makes you wealthy, God also ensures that every bit of your household is stable. Are you following this? The blessings of the Lord, he has no sorrow. So if your GDP is in order, your GMP should not produce anything to counteract the benefit and the blessing of your GDP. Because the blessings of the Lord, he has no sorrow. Are you still following me? Actually, this is interesting to me to talk to people in parliament or government about this, those who run the system. But there's a need for you to receive what I'm saying because the laborer must part, be partaker of the fruit. Are you following what I'm talking about? I'm just trying to scratch the surface based on the things I've seen. All right, let's make progress. Now, we have gotten confused, for instance, about certain words. How many of you know what the meaning of the word mortgage means? Because I'm trying to look at the economic system of, of the world. Mortgage means maybe you pledge your money or something like that. But mortgage is from a French word which means a pledge unto debt. And that is very terrible. So when you say you mortgage, it means you pledge your life unto debt. But that's an economic system. That's an economic term. That's why we must come back to evaluate the things we said, the things we believe, and how we need to operate in God's own economy. So words like mortgage should not be our language. And God will not permit us to mortgage any of our properties. Because mortgage means a pledge unto debt. Some other person will call it a grip of debt. <laughs> Mortgaging is equivalent or very close to being a borrower. Which is a slave to the lender. Are you still there? That is why God saw that this is not right for the right GDP of a nation. So God canceled debts that are old in the years of Jubilee. So produce equality so that there can be joy in the nation. <laughs> are you getting this? Tell you just to be easy with me. You're going to catch it very soon. All right. There is a brother or a man called Richard, I mean Robert F. Kennedy. He made an assessment in this study that I'm trying to, or what I'm trying to share with you. And he also tried to look into it and he find that genuine wealth had to be assessed from a different platform. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So when we talk about genuine wealth system, for instance, it has to align itself with our values and principles as a community, with the actual condition of our well-being, personal, professional, spiritual, environmental, and financial. 
when you say this is a genuine wealth, or for instance, you are talking about a GDP, just like we said now, today in, in around the East African nation, Ethiopia seems to have the best GDP, fast-growing economy, as the case may be. Is that okay? Even around the world, Ethiopia economy is rising very fast. But you see, if you really want to define it as genuine wealth, then you, you break the values and principles that relate to the community actual condition of the well-being of the community, which means if the state is saying that they're having a good uh, GDP, is that okay? We are going to define it in relation to the personal well-being, the professional well-being, the spiritual well-being, the environmental well-being, and the financial well-being of that country. Because wealth means condition of what? Well-being. That is why we are coming to the place where we need to really pray that if God has to bless us, then he has to give us words. Did you follow what I've just said? <laughs> because if he gives us words, he's bringing us to the place of well-being. The condition of well-being. Don't forget that it's very important. In other words, you have your money and you have peace. So if you have your money, you have your peace, then we can say your GNP is by far very low as compared to your GDP. Somebody's understanding me, am I right? What you are producing, there is peace in it. And in your home, there is peace in it for everyone in that home to enjoy what you are bringing in. Do you understand this? I'm going to speak more on GNP next Sunday. So let me make some progress here. So genuine system is a tool and process for measuring or assessing the actual physical and qualitative conditions of all the things that makes life worthwhile. Ability to assess the situation. A country domestic product is going fine. How are the citizens of that country living? Amen? See, you can tell me, even in the U.S., that the GDP is so good, whatever. You can tell me that. No, 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 no. Because the rate of crime in the country is amazing. All manner of things are in the system. So you can't tell me the GDP is in order. You can tell me they are wealthy. America is not the wealthiest nation upon the face of the earth. By the simple definition of the word wealth. Because this condition that makes wealth available are missing. The GMP is by far contrasting the GDP. So, we can't say it's a wealthy nation. So, on an individual level, it's the same thing. Once your life is rising, money is coming... All that you need is coming, but you don't have the right condition in your environment. You cannot say you are wealthy. Don't forget the word. The blessings of the Lord, he has no sorrow. So if you say, God bless me, or God give me word, understand what you're saying. That as the word comes, 
you will not only see, but you have the health and the environment to enjoy the work God is bringing your way. And that is going to be a portion in the name of Jesus Christ. So every GNP in your life this year, <laughs> it must not only be reduced, it should be taken away in the name of Jesus Christ. Is somebody already understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Genuine way should be measured in terms of the condition of our relationship with our partners, our children, our parents, our friends, and our neighbors. Can I hear an amen to that? You have all the money. How about your neighbors? You have all the money. What is your relationship to your wife? What is your relationship to your husband? What is your relationship to your children? What is your relation to your parents? You have all the money. Word. I'm just defining one word word this morning. And I'm saying, if either by accident, by chance, or somebody's responsible for the production of the GNP that we are experiencing, it shall be nullified in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the blessings of the Lord, they ask no sorrow. Are you following this? If we want to talk about genuine words, we measure genuine words in terms of the joy of our play. When our children are playing, they rejoice in the home. Remember Psalm 112. Are you sitting there with me? You have all the money, but you can't see eye to eye with your wife or your husband. You have all the money. Your children can't smile in the home. Not because things that will make them smile is not there. But joy is meeting. The blessing of the Lord. He has no sorrow. How do we measure genuine words? When there is joy of play between husband and wife. Between children. Between relations in the home. Am I talking to somebody here? When there's a social cohesion with your neighborhood and the quality of the children's play, even the way your children play can determine whether you are worthy or not. And I'm not talking about just playing with toys. Hallelujah. Are we sit together? Your cohesion with your neighborhood. How do you live? A country cannot say to be worthy when he had no good bilateral relation with another country. Not at all. That is not God's terms for words. In a sense that we have misconstrued mis what word really is. And the definition of word. And so all we are concerned about is to pursue what is money. But I'm here to announce to you that money itself is not words. Glory to God. Again, we say we can measure all true words or genuine words in terms of the joy of our play. <laughs> As we smile on one another, the money is there to make all the provision, but there's joy between us. 
Not as if we have all the money, but there's no joy between a husband and wife, no joy in the home, no joy in the city, no joy in the community. No, we can't say such a place is worthy. Hallelujah. Sometimes we measure our words in terms of maybe in the nation, military spending, war, the development of all those things. But you see, all those things you see, they are basically, they fall under the net of GNP. Because the more you spend money, on war armament and things like that, it directly reflects that such a nation is not a healthy nation. So, nations will say, well, we have all of this, we have missiles, we have, uh, what do you call, drones, we have all of that. It's not an indication that our nation is worthy. Your military might itself is not an indication of a worthy situation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can I tell you that even when we deliberately, or for economic reason, cut down the forest as it is, I'm glad you were saying this last two weeks when I was not around, about taking care of the environment. When you have men who goes and just be destroying the forest the way God has intended it to be for beauty and for glory, that is part of the GNP. Because it leads to not only deforestation, it also brings it other climatic conditions that are of negative impact upon the system. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. If we look in the natural, the GDP and the stock market indices and other indicators do not tell all this into consideration as reported. When they are reporting about the GDP, there is no indice to show of the GMP. Am I correct? Your stock market, okay? Check your stock market. Check your GDP. Check all the analysis of the accountants and the financial houses. They will never mention to you of the GNP. But yet, in the midst of trying to tell you that the GDP is rising, there's a lot of trouble on the GMP. Are you still following this? Hallelujah. Okay. Now I'm going to give you a few scriptures so you understand basically what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. I will see there. Okay. So hear that. So though we focus so much on these indicators of growth, man's longing is the development of his relationship with his neighbor and the land. I want you to understand this. What is the greatest desire of man? Love your neighbor as yourself, even as how you have started loving God. Am I correct? God's own word makes it abundantly clear. You have only three things that are actually bothering your spirit right now, if you may understand. Your survival to love God. Your relationship, which is vertical and horizontal. One is to God. Horizontal is your neighbor. Is that okay? And the land where you stay, you need peace in all these realms. And so the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? 
You don't need anything more in life. All you need, whether you have money, you just need to have peace within yourself. Am I, am I correct? You have peace within yourself. You have peace with the God that you worship. Then you have peace with who? Your neighbor. Because both of you are on this land. Then the land itself, you have peace. You know the word? If you are worthy, are you getting that? Praise the living God. You know the word? If you are worthy, your nation should be at peace for you to enjoy your world. Praise the Lord. The little amount of money you have today will attract some people. I mean, sometimes you find it difficult to imagine whether you should push your money or not. Because <laughs> the little account you have. Now you see, in our country, for instance, those who kidnap people cannot tell them how much they have in their bank account. I got a story recently. In Ekboma. They kidnapped a man. They got 45 million from the man. And they phoned his senior brother. We are not releasing him yet. Because we know how much is still in his account. They know how much is in the man's account. After he has paid 45 million. That means even the banking system is not safe. How did the people get to know how much the man has in his account? So there's a syndicate. Therefore, we can't say the country is doing anything. Our GDP is zero. Because no matter how many millionaires you have in the country, it's not a safe place to use your money. Am I talking to somebody here? And, and, and next week, I'm going to make you see how we produce the GMP in our system. And that you must also avoid in your immediate nuclear family. That you see to it that there is no GMP. So that even the little God has blessed you with. You enjoy it and you can say you have a GDP. Hallelujah. Let me give you the scriptures and I'll round up here. So what did I say? Man's longing is the development of his relationship with his neighbor and the land. And that is what? The kingdom of God. Is that okay? Hallelujah. In Luke 10 verse 27, look at what the Bible says. And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind as thy neighbor as what? As thyself. Is that simple there? Those are the three dimensions I'm talking about. Your love to God, your love to yourself, your love to your neighbor. Is that okay? Simply God's kingdom. In fact, if you read the account, the Bible tells us that when Jesus said this, and the other man said, thou have well spoken, and he said, you are not far from the what? The kingdom of God. It's very simple. This is God's kingdom. Do you know when I'm preaching to you, and I'm talking about, about the kingdom of God? I mean, using all those terms I'm using, but I'm actually speaking to you about God's kingdom. Okay. Look at Leviticus. Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23. Okay, 25, rather, verse 23. Leviticus 25, 23. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for your strangers are sojourners with me. Did you get that? What is God trying to say? I told you before, if you want to talk about 
the gross domestic product of a nation to say it's healthy, talking about the space on the land. Is that okay? Now, when he said the land must not be sold perpetually, God laid claims to it, and it is for you and I. In other words, one man should not have absolute possession of the land because you are all God's children. Are you following this? If the entire community doesn't seem to be flowing at partisan level, at least for a man to have a place for himself, you can say the GDP of that country is in order. When some have so much land and few are having nothing. Hallelujah. Did you get this? Okay. And so, finally, I'm just going to look at the word power and then we'll leave that to next week. In relation to I am the Lord that giveth the power to do what? To get word. The word word again here, kind, means a force. Without men, means other resources. It speaks of an army, it speaks of wealth, virtue, valor, strength, ability, band of men. It speaks of goals, speaks of power, strength, riches, substance. So watch this. When he say is God that giveth the power to get word. The first thing you need to understand, and like I said, I tell you, it takes word to produce word. Remember that? What it takes for you to produce word is wisdom, is understanding. All these things, begin to name them. They are within you. Strength, valor, ability to go to work. The health you need to be able to go to work and even eat what God has blessed you with. All these are word. It takes word to produce word. If you're not healthy, you can't go to your place of work. If you're not healthy, you can't go to business. Am I talking to somebody here? But the health you have, the wisdom you have, the strength you have, they are first pass the wealth that God has deposited in your life to be able to produce wealth. So it takes wealth to do what? To produce wealth. I'm still speaking to you, and I'll continue by next week, on rediscovering genuine wealth so that you can understand that you can be wealthy, but because you do not understand that you are wealthy, you waste your substance, which is the word that is in your life, by joining yourself to people who can allow you or enable you to function accurately, to be able to bring forth what is in your life, to produce the natural word, if I may use the word, that God has deposited in your life. But on your inside, you are a wealthy man. God bless you.